1: All the latest on Lockie Neal, the injury updates as well. A couple of signings today and your say on the news of the day. Time on one 736 736 is the number. Got half an hour of power to share with you. Let's crack in. Uh, yes, indeed. Thanks for joining us. Time on. Sam Hargreaves is with you. I hope you've had as good a day as you possibly can in tough circumstances, no matter where you are and uh, where you're finding us and how you're finding us. I hope you've had as good a day uh, as you possibly could uh, in the situation that we're currently in. Uh, thanks to everyone that got a test or a vaccine today. one three hundred seven three six seven three six 736 736 is the number Half an hour to spend with you. BP, hour and a half of the first serve. The US Open Uh, at the moment heading into the business end. uh, Week two, Uh, he'll be with Sam Groth from 6.30. And then the last day of what's been an enthralling fourth test between England and India. The coverage starting from 8 o'clock. So this half an hour is all yours. Whatever you want to chat about, whatever you'd like to put on the agenda. Have you been able to come down yet from one of the most epic finals we've seen in, in recent memory? Saturday night, Brisbane and the Bulldogs, the last five and a half minutes alone, so I spoke about this on Sunday crunch time yesterday with Michael Barlow. and in the last five and a half minutes, there are and I, and, and from my count yesterday, and I think Jared even added another two, I counted 13 moments that I consider sliding doors or coin toss moments that could have gone either way not just decisions, but, but moments in the game that if they had have turned out just a fraction different, might have just been the fraction difference that was needed for either side. So I can't remember a game like that in recent memory. And, and that, that's the last five and a half minutes. The game had a ton of them, just moment after moment after moment. It was something else. To, to go back and watch it again with clearer eyes, I want to know, has it changed your perception of it? So in the moment... And I've I've been even told that the that the Sen callers uh, when when Jared and Jared spoke about this that that Hutto and Nick Santo were out of their seats, up and down and and jumping up and down. That, that's and and these are people that have been doing this job for a long long time. You know Hutto, one of the most accomplished callers in the country. There's not much he hasn't seen in footy. And there's not much he hasn't called in footy. So that's the impact and that's the effect that a game like that can have in the moment which we all shared on Saturday night. So have you had a chance to go back and look at it in the cold light of day? And how has that changed your perception? Have you picked up on something that you didn't see live that you have seen since? I'd love to hear that as well. 1-300-736-736. Lockie, Neil, a big story today. Let's just work our way uh, through this. So the news was broken last night. Ryan Daniels uh, from Channel 7 in Perth. Great story, great get. Um, this was his report. Brownlow medalist Lockie Neal is weighing up his playing future and looks set to request a trade from the Brisbane Lions back to the Fremantle Dockers. 7 News understands Neil and his wife Jules are keen to move back to WA to raise their young family. As we know, covid related restrictions haven't made life easy away from family. The Dockers and Neil's management could not be reached for comment today. So that was Ryan Daniels yesterday, uh, or last night. Danny Daly, uh, the footy boss at Brisbane, was speaking to Radio Tab in his regular segment uh, early this morning. We've got a statement from the Brisbane Lions, but let's just work through it chronologically. This is what he said when asked about that report.
0: Well, I I can't really, I can't make any comments because we haven't spoken to Lockie, so um, I think the club will come out and make a statement Um, sometime this afternoon once we've had a a chance to speak to Lockie and and work through it, but yeah, um, it's all news to us as far as we're concerned. He's got two years of his contract left and
2: that's where it's at.
1: That's where it's at. Uh, It has changed slightly, but not to the extent that we thought it would today. So throughout the day, we've had people give their opinion and react. Uh, to this news. Liam Pickering, you're going to hear this, uh, If you, you're going to see this if you watch the Oval Office tonight. Um, this was Liam Pickering, one of the, the, the best player managers in the country. He's done the biggest deals that the game has seen. Uh, so he's a man that knows what it takes to get a deal done. And, and this is what he had to say about the potential trade.
3: Well, we saw it last year. With players with two years to go on a contract a lot harder. I mean, we went through it with, like, with Josh Dunkley yeah. last year. Is Dunkley, asked, you know, Josh asked for a trade to, to the Bombers, or we did, and, yeah, two years to run on his contract and a similar type thing, you know, the Bulldogs held their ground and that's what Brisbane can do. Yeah. If they don't get compensated the way they want, they'll just hold their ground. So uh, it's not a done deal by any, uh, any stretch of the imagination. You can want something in life. I mean, remember, we asked the question with Gary Abbott with two years to go on his contract too, and yeah. you just can't get it with two years. Two, two years is a really hard time when someone's invested, and it's not going to be about money, because. He's on 800. Yeah. I mean, that's what he'll really getting paid at Fremantle. We're not going to pay him any more. Yeah. So it's not about money. It's obviously about family, if it's right. Again, you, you speculate on these things. Until you've heard from the player or his manager, Yeah, you know, I don't tend to take too much notice, but there's a lot of heat around this one.
1: So that was Liam Pickering for the Oval Office tonight. Uh, Matty Pavlich, uh, the greatest ever docker for many, he was asked and gave his initial reaction speaking to SEN in WA today.
0: I think it's probably well known within a, a few circles that Lockie and Jules have been keen to to look at an option to come back home at some mm. stage. Um, for it to be now and and with the situation of, that they've got with their pending little bub coming, uh, it's a it's a good news morning for Freo Docker supporters. Um, look, a lot needs to happen there, but uh, yeah, it's a, it's a good sign that uh, they want to
1: come home. And how desperate should the Dockers be to get Lockie Neal back?
0: It's a bit like the, the Chera thing. Um, you want to keep him, but um, you can't be um, so so desperate to keep him that you you know um, lose your focus on on your broader list in terms of what you're paying him or what you're offering him and all those things. And it's the same with any player that wants to come to your club, whether it be someone who is already been there like Lockie Neal, or or someone new with with a brown medal around their neck. You you. You make sure that you get the deal done, but it can't be at all costs. That's um, you know it, it needs to be in the broader context of your list management profile and your list management plan. And and he's a bit older than he was, you know, three or four years ago when he left. So how many more years has he got? What are we what are we paying him? What are we getting in terms of what are we giving in terms of the lines to get him back? So it can't be at all costs, and and that's the point I think with all all trades and and, and uh, free agency stuff. It has to be a part of your plan and your strategy.
1: Dockers great, Matty Pavlich. Uh, David King was speaking with Jerry Waitley today in his regular Monday morning spot, the Monday Means Test. SEN.com.au to download the full Monday Means Test. Uh, what's Locking your worth? This was King's view.
2: Well, you chase the, the best return you can get now. I and I don't know what that looks like because you're, you're going to a limited market. There's two teams over there and and... I don't know if the West Coast are at that, that phase right now. Given the year they've had, they probably need some some youth coming in. Not a twenty-eight year old. Um, I don't know he's a, a star player, uh, or, or the Fremantles play hardball. So yeah, you know well, We've got a first-round pick. We're not going to part with our first-round pick. Well, we don't feel we need to. You're going to lose the player. We, you're the one in trouble. It's it's a it's a buyer's market this one. So it's a tough one for Brisbane.
1: It is a tough one for Brisbane. Uh, Brisbane have released released a statement today saying that they've met with midfielder Lockie Neal, uh, CEO Greg Swan, GM of footy Danny Daly, senior coach Chris Fagan, sat down with the Brownlow medalist following reports he was seeking to return to WA. Neal and his wife Jules are expecting their first child and he has confirmed the couple are weighing up where they would like to raise their family. He did not request a trade but has asked for more time to have some further discussions with his wife and family. The Lions will make will not make any further comment at this stage and we request that Lockie and Jules' privacy be respected. So 0433-9811-16 off the temper text, temper a mattress like no other or 1300-736-736. So many questions that can be thrown up from this and this is the modern era of football. Like any job now, and that's what footy is, like any profession, it allows you to be mobile, doesn't it? It allows you to move around and if you're good, you can sort of dictate where you choose to play and where you choose to ply your trade and where you want to live um, and work. And that's what footy allows these days. Uh, it's it's a, it's a changing landscape in that. So how do Brisbane make it work for them? That's a big question. Who can they target? Do they target anyone or do they stick fat and say, no, no, we've got it for two years and, and we want to hold you to that? Or do they look to try and get the best deal that they can? And, and for Frio, how much do they pay in terms of draft capital to, to get Lockie Neal back? Is, 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 is acquiring Lockie Neal part of their long-term strategy of building from the ground up and, and building a, a young core? Now, he's only 28 years old, but does that fit in with their long-term plans? And who might be someone that Brisbane could then look to target? The thing about Lockie Neal is that he was a gun before he got to Brisbane, but Brisbane have made him better. You know, he's a Brownlow medalist and two-time best and fairest winner under Brisbane. He's a better player now than he was. So can you identify a player who might be on the verge of taking that next big step. And what carrot can you dangle in front of them? one three hundred seven three six seven three six zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. 736 736 433 The Dogs injury news, Pelly's still a chance, according to the Dogs, but Cody Waitman has been ruled out under concussion protocol. So uh, you're pretty much up to speed. Uh, coaches votes we'll get through in just a moment as well. Josh Walker's re-signed for a year at North. Lockie Schultz for two at the Dockers. Tom's in Ascot Vale. Good day, Tom. Hey, Sam. How are you going? I'm really well. Thank you, mate.
2: Good. Um, look, just to, I wanted to sort of throw it out there. I'll confess I am a killed a supporter, so I do have a bias, but mm. I'm sort of fascinated by the four teams that sort of missed out on the finals this year, and I wanted to gather your thoughts in particular, I suppose, with emphasis on the Saints, because um, obviously they're expected to make it this year. and there was a bit of a fallout, but, yeah, really interested to see if you think anyone comes in and likewise comes out um, in next season and the reasons why that might happen.
1: Oh, it's a great question, Tom. Um, just off the top of my head, I mean, you, you, mine first and foremost goes to the fact that there's often, on average, doesn't always work out like this, but three go out and three go in. That's what happened this year. Um, or was it four? I'll have to double-check that. But definitely three, and that's sort of, from what I'm told, is around the average each year. So you are. we do expect that there's going to be changes um, to, to the teams outside the eight and, and teams that are inside the eight. So when I look at the teams outside the eight um, and the four that finished just outside at West Coast, St Kilda, Frio and Richmond, um, I'm st- I still don't think Richmond are a spent force. I think St Kilda will be a lot better this year. I think Fremantle will naturally... They're a slow build and they're just getting better and better each year as they are given the time to do so, which is a great strategy from Fremantle, I think, Giving, Given a first-time coach who started out in COVID times, like John, uh, like Justin Longmuir did and like Brett Ratton has at St Kilda, they're giving these guys time to put their mark and, and, and build this team in their own image, something Carlton didn't do with David Teague, but they are. So I think you can certainly man a case for all those four teams to be really confident of, of what's to come. West Coast is going to be probably the most interesting, given how far they've fallen and the list that they've got. You would think... Maybe not far superior to Richmond, but but on paper their list looks far superior to St Kilda, Fremantle. Um, but what you read on paper isn't always uh, what trans uh, what sort of transpires out on the field. So, Tommy, I haven't gone down and had a real hard look at it, but I, but I certainly think there's a case you can mount for all those four teams to be confident that they've got every um, everything in place to to make it into the finals next year. What do you think St Kilda need?
2: Um. No, oh, it's a great question. I wish I knew, um, and I'm sure many St Kilda supporters wish they knew as well as staff there. But I, I do sort of buy into the theory that last year might have... I don't like the word fluke. It's, it's, a, it's a word that sort of describes the situation maybe better than another word I could think of. But I wonder... I sort of do buy into St Kilda is a youngish side. Most of them are single. Fair—you know, aren't too many players that have kids. So I wonder if they sort of thrived in the... Hub conditions last year where they could really grow together and be mates and have fun compared to your teams like, um, I can't even get back that far. You Uh, know, i
1: have got the people
2: who are married, etc.
1: I think it's a great point. It was something we talked about earlier in the year. Um, It was a bit like Miami Heat um, in the NBA. Hub life didn't really affect them that much. Young team, um, it actually made them focus a lot more. And maybe you're 100% right with St Kilda. So next year is going to be a big, big year for the Saints big big year. I think you're 100 percent right in your in your summation of them being a lot more malleable and and, and easily adjusted to that uh, COVID and lockdown life uh, on the road. It's a, it's a good point you make and I thank you for doing so. Tony's in East Bentley, good day Tony.
2: Good day Sam. i um, sorry to change subjects but that's okay. I am just absolutely loving the coverage of the cricket from England. Adam Collins. And there's a lady expert commentator who is a breath of fresh air. I hope Hutchie's bringing them out this summer. Yeah, I've got no idea. To liven up the coverage.
1: I've got no idea about that, but I couldn't agree with you more, Tony. And I thank you for the call. So England need 368 to win. Uh, They're none for 77. So from 8 o'clock tonight, the coverage recommences, um, and that'll be must listen. Uh, So thank you, Tony. It's great feedback, and we appreciate you giving it. Uh, Des, Joe, Tom, Dave. Straight to you on the other side of this time on your say on the news of the day, Sen. All right, we've got about five and a half minutes before we hand over to BP, so we're going to rifle through your calls. Des in Brisbane, hello, mate. Hey, g'day. How you going? Good, thank you. (laughs) Hey, um, I was uh, at the 2006 Grand Final, which was the most
2: emotional game I've ever been to. Last Saturday night, I was at the game. It was insane. I tell you, we left the ground. There were three ambulances out front. That's how people, that's how mad people were going for this game. It was ridiculous, I tell you. And the spirit in the whole, regardless of the booing of the umpires, everyone was having a great time. So one of the best games I've ever been to. Brisbane have got a lot to be happy about. I'm a doggies man. I'm glad we went on. But I tell you what, we had a lot of fun at that game.
1: Uh, good on you, Dez, yeah. Oh, the Brisbane crowd are fantastic. Every crowd's a little bit different, aren't they? And There's a real, uh, there's almost like a party-style vibe at, at the footy in Brisbane, i found uh, over the years, especially when that joint is humming. Uh, Joe's in Roeville. day, Joe. Hey, Sammy, how are you? Very well, thank you. I'm um, yeah, just about uh, lucky now if I was Fremantle, I wouldn't even bother looking at him
0: because, you know what, all those years ago he was at home. He's the one that chose to leave, so bad luck Send him to West Coast. And you know what? As a Hawthorne supporter, when Buddy left in 2013, if he wanted to come back in 15, I would have said, nah, you wanted to leave, mate? See you later. The only way that you can keep a player, like I'd bring a player back, if it was a situation like Trent Crowe, where he wanted to stay and he got pushed out the door, or Ryan Burton, where he was told, go home, if they wanted to come back, I'd be more than happy to have him back. That's all I've got to say, Sam.
1: Good on you, Joe. Thanks for the call. Dave's in and G'day, Dave. G'day, mate. I, I, hey, uh, compare
2: the pair. Lockie Neal, Luke Parker. Mm. Sydney's offered Luke Parker two years at five hundred. He's twenty nine years old. Neal's twenty eight. Oh, geez, oh, they could throw in Sarah. What a deal that would be.
1: Well, the, the, Gary Lyon spoke about that. Could almost end up being a win-win for everybody. He's a fe- he is a phenomenally good player, Luke Parker. Not not telling you anything you don't know. For those that know Luke Parker, I think over the last several years goal kicking midfielders I think he 's kicked the third most goals out of midfielders um, that have averaged a certain amount of disposals it was a stat I saw the other day but he 'd be a he 'd be a fantastic get Luke parker he's leadership straight away he knows culture he 's a culture guy locker room guy uh, he, you could do could, couldn 't do much better i don 't think if you were trying to move quickly to limit the damage of losing a brown medalist, who can you get um, at around the same? Yeah, Luke is a phenomenal suggestion. Well done to you, Dave. Uh, Tom's in the good G'day, Tom. G'day,
2: Sam. How's
1: it going? Yeah, it's going well, you? Yeah, good. Um,
2: look, <laughs> the caller before saying how good the game was on uh, Saturday night, I can tell you I was dressed to the max watching it as a doggies man myself. But um, just on the commentary around the umpiring, and, like, we spoke about this last week when I rang up, but, like, um, uh, like... I'm sort of under the sort of impression the same as what Joey Montagna was going on about with the um, simplifying of some of the clarifications on the rules. Mm. Watching the game, like you call it as you say it, and so you like. I think some of the commentary around some of the umpires has been pretty, pretty poor in my opinion, and like going down that direction that Montagna was talking about would be um, something. Would be a smart decision, I, I would
1: think. I, I I couldn't agree with you more, Tom. And and it's I, I think for all of those, there there are people that will firmly sit in the the blame umpires at all cost camp, and there are those who and, and like myself and like you. Who say and, and coaches who say, no, 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 it's, it's not umpiring decisions that cost us. You know, Chris Fagan was frustrated by some of the calls, but when he goes and does the review, he'll look at the plus 14 inside 50s that they had and he'll look at several other things that um, where they didn't execute in a way that he would have liked them to and that's where they'll focus their attention on the things that they can control. Um, I think we all agree that the game is far too complicated for part-time umpires when you continue to change and tinker insufficient intent we're now asking umpires to be mind readers we're now asking umpires to get in the mind of players to try and figure out whether now were they trying to keep that ball in or was that just a a skill execution error or was that their intent i mean come on we could not have made this game any harder for them to officiate and they're still part-time they don't live in it day in day out and that's not a crack at the umpires because they commit every bit of time that they have to it, and a lot of them even more so. So I think you're 100% right, and so is Joey, that the simpler we can make this, the better. And for all our collective stress levels, I reckon, as well. Enzo's on the road. Enzo, hello, mate. Hey, hey. I just wanted to say uh, the MVP award. people's saying that that's one of the most coveted
0: awards. i tell you what, the players have got no idea <laughs> about who's the best player in the league, mate. Bonaparte's good, but... You can't tell me that Clayton Oliver isn't the best players up there, the top three best players in the league, mate. The bloke, uh, the bloke's the most influential player in the most the best team in the in the league at the moment. is an absolute gun, and I don't know what. Uh, uh, maybe because he's a ranger and people just don't like oh, rangers, no. and maybe no, 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 and maybe just no, I'm sure he's maybe, maybe they no. just don't like him, but he's an absolute gun, and he's more. He's better than Walsh, he's better than, he's better than, he's is good, but you won't find a more influential and more consistent player than Clayton Oliver in the, in the AFL, Yeah, he's always, he's always in the best weekend every week.
1: Um, absolutely, Enzo, and by, we mean, uh, and for any um, red-headed person that was offended by that, I'm sure Enzo didn't mean to be offensive uh, in that space, but Enzo, it's an interesting point, Is that I was a bit surprised that he wasn't top five in the MVP overall, but it's, but, but I think you've got to remember, too, I mean, what is there, 800 players? And they get asked to do these votes. And you, and, and from some players tell me they take it really seriously, other players tell me they don't. So, yes, while it is incredibly prestigious, and, and I think Marcus, Marcus Bontempelli, I mean, he's still um, in the top three uh, Brownlow favourites. So he's you, you can't deny that he had a, a great season. But, yeah, there is still maybe a question mark on that when it comes to... Is it everyone as serious as each other in how they give their votes for that? Hey, thanks so much, BP, standing by. Short and sharp for me tonight. I'll see you again tomorrow night, but a first serve up next. G'day, Mike Hussey here. Get on board Australia's best fantasy cricket game, KFC Supercoach BBL. It's fun, free and easy to play. Play today at supercoach.com.au.
3: T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005.